You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Yeah, it's already over it, I can tell. <laughs> Happy New Year. I get it. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm part of the teaching team here, and it's an honor and privilege to be part of the teaching team and to be with you this morning. And uh, we're going to be doing a new, starting a new series this month, uh, basically on, uh, as, as uh, Andy already kind of alluded to, being on mission with God, but uh, more focused, like being on mission. You might have, you might hear these terms before, like spiritual disciplines. We kind of just call them like how we practice life with God, kind of our rhythms uh, of, of being on mission with God. And we're going to be talking about that this month. We're going to be going over what it means to be uh, partnering with God in 22, like in our prayer life, in our church community life, um, you know, how, how we reflect uh, on being a disciple. And, and then today also we're going to be talking about how we uh, partner with God and being in his word and his story, uh, being... Uh, intentional about being with him uh, in the Bible. Uh, but before we do that, um, I like to pray first. Uh, so just join me. Father, I just, uh, I just thank you for this new year, for this new, this new opportunity, as we have every morning, Lord, to start anew with new glory, with new, with new freshness, with new mercies from you that are new every day. Uh, Lord, you're, 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 you're your glory rises with the morning and your grace sets in the evening, Lord. And we just, we just pray that we would be the type of people who take advantage of that every day, Lord. Um, and we, we don't let years go by with, without uh, just pausing to reflect and be, begin anew with you uh, as you give us that opportunity every day, Lord, every minute, every moment. Uh, no matter what we've done before, you give us a new opportunity to start afresh with you with new mercies and with new grace, Lord. And we just pray that you would uh, preach to us and, and teach us this this month as we try to partner with you in everything that we do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, as Andy talked about, you know, this is a time of New Year's resolutions, right? A lot of people are into that. Are you guys into that? Anybody have a New Year resolution? Show of hands. A couple. That's good. I, that's, that's typical. Uh, we're a little bit lower than the national. Apparently, they did a survey, and uh, it's down, way down this year. Uh, new Year's resolution, only 29% of people surveyed said they would actually make a New Year resolution this year. And that's down from last year. Even last year, we were a little bit more hopeful than we were this year. 45% last year said they were going to make one. And, but everyone's given up on that now. They're just like, whatever, whatever. Not going to do it. So you guys are in good company. You guys are part of you. You surveyed, right? Uh, this is also a good time of year, right? Uh, if you're part of church communities like this, uh, where Christians usually gather, right? Uh, to start a new Bible reading plan, right? That's very popular this time of year. Uh, you know, big Bible. They like to push these reading plans, right? Uh, <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. Sorry. Right? <laughs> like, never mind. Uh, anybody got any Bible reading plans? You guys planning on reading through the Bible this year? Okay. Oh, a lot more. Okay. 
percentages are up from just your typical New Year's resolution. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, actually, the Bible often talks a lot about uh, being in his word and being immersed in his story. And uh, today I want to look at Psalm 1 with you uh, to see a little bit about what uh, he says. And um, this is, we're going to be reading out of the ESV today, kind of. I, I memorized Psalm 1 in the ESV, so it's hard for me to use any other translation now that it's kind of immersed. But over the years, I've, I've read other translations and gotten into the Hebrew. I've kind of changed a couple of the uh, words for clarification for my own sake. So it's not quite the ESV, but uh, pretty, pretty close. Um, and it says this in Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits, <clears throat> who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of mockers. But his, their delight is in the instructions of Yahweh. And on his instructions, they meditate day and night. They are like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not. So they are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord, for Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. All right, so uh, Psalm 1. A couple of things I just changed just for clarification. Uh, anytime in the Bible that you see that capitalized uh, word, Lord, it's actually referring to God's name, Yahweh. And so just one practice that I've always adopted or adopted in recent years is to try to call him by his name rather than this uh, stately title of Lord. Uh, and then also uh, in, in there, it says, you know, his delight is in the law of Yahweh. Uh, I, I tend to change that to uh, law can also mean instructions or God's commandments. And uh, I, I find that's been helpful for me to look at the law in that way because uh, we have so much baggage with the word law in our society, right? Uh, we think about, you know, people going to jail, being judged. And uh, when God gave his Torah, his law, his instructions, it wasn't uh, kind of how we picture law, right? It was about wisdom, right? Uh, we, 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 we associate law with breaking rules and getting in trouble for it. But uh, God's law is to give us wisdom on how to live well in his world. And so that's why I changed those, those uh, things to... Um, a little bit uh, clarifying translations. Um, but I want to focus today on Psalm 1, right? That, that, that term, his delight is in the instructions of Yahweh. His delight. Now, I don't know uh, about you, uh, but sometimes when I get into these Bible reading plans, these year-long ones, I don't always delight in them. I don't know if you guys have, have felt that, but we'll talk a lot about that a little bit more, right? Um, but just thinking about this, this Psalm 1 person, about how he could delight in God's instructions, God's law, God's Torah, right? It, well, it starts there at the beginning. It says, you know, uh, there's a progression, right? It says, uh, if you are walking in the council or standing in the way of sinners or sitting in the seat of mockers, right? He, he's, he's counseling us against that, right? If you do those things... One, you're not going to delight in his word because you're going to be sitting in the seat of mockers, right? Or you're going to stand in the way of sinners, right? So this progression is very important to understand, right? You don't want to be the type of person who walks, stands, or sits 
with unwise counsel, right? We want to sit in the instructions of Yahweh, delight in them day and night, right? In fact, um, as we walk, you know, as we, we think about our path in 22 and, and walking, you know, what, what, whose counsel we're walking in and whose, whose seat are we sitting in, right? And I actually like uh, another translation of Psalm 1. Uh, it's the, out of the message one. I'm going to read that one to you because I think it's uh, very insightful how uh, they put it together. And it says this in Psalm 1 of the message translation. It says, how well must God like you? You don't walk in the ruts of these blind, as those blind as bats. You don't stand with the good for nothings. You don't take the seat among the know-it-alls. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You're like a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. That's just a beautiful picture, right? Chewing on God's word day and night, always being in blossom. You are not like the wicked at all. You are mere wind-blown dust without defense in court. Unfit company for innocent people. God charts the road you take. The road they take leads nowhere. So the caution there in Psalm 1 is if you walk, stand, sit in unwise counsel, you're not going to delight in the Lord every day and night. But if you take another path, right, God charts it for you, right? Those who sit in his instructions and his commandments and his Torah day and night, God charts their path. It's a beautiful imagery. So, with that said, what is the key to delighting in God's word? How do you want it, right? I often find in my own life, uh, you know, we hear good platitudes when we come and, and gather with the church, and we hear really great things about Jesus and, and God. And there are times, though, and situations where it's hard to want that. You're not in a place yet to actually want that. And so, Sometimes what we have to do is we have to change our wanters before we can actually participate in those things fully, right? So just picking up a Bible, right, um, at the beginning of the year and saying, okay, this is the year. I'm going to read through the Bible cover to cover. You might not be there yet, and that's okay. Uh, I will tell you the truth, and uh, I don't know if any of the other people on the TG team will admit this. Maybe they're, they're not there, but I have never read through the Bible cover to cover, like beginning to end. Uh, I've read all the different books of the Bible, but never like in one sitting cover to cover or in one plan. Uh, I have, I've tried in the year, it's been many years, but I have tried Bible reading plans in the past, like we're going to get through it in a year, and I have failed miserably. Uh, <laughs> it, it, because for me, it always feels like a chore. And uh, I will tell you right now, you don't want uh, your Bible reading time with God to feel like a chore. And so I've given up on them altogether. Now, that doesn't mean uh, I'm judging you if, you if you like them and you do them. That's great, and I encourage you to keep doing them, and especially if, if, if that brings you delight. But if, if you're like me, and uh, that feels like a chore. I release you from that. You don't have to feel guilty about reading through the Bi not reading through the Bible in a year. All right, be released. All right, because that is not what Psalm one is talking about. Right, he wants you to delight in his word day and night. That doesn't mean you've got to read so many verses a day out of so many books a day to get through the Bible in a year. Right, 
Does that make sense? You guys are all like, he's a heretic. He won't read through the Bible in a year. <laughs> nah, I'm out of here. Right? There's a couple of reasons why. One, I learned a long time ago, and this is a, a quote from Samuel Johnson. He said, uh, a man ought to read just as his inclination leads him, for what he reads as a task will do him little good. And we don't ever want you guys to read the Bible as a task, right? Because that's not what it's about. Because it, it's not a chore. It's not a have to. It's a you get to. You get to read. You get to delight in God's word. You get to chew on it day and night, right? Um, but doesn't mean just because I think year-long Bible reading plans are bad or necessarily not helpful, uh, that doesn't excuse you, right, uh, from never being in God's Word. That's, that's, that's the opposite end of the spectrum. What, what I encourage you to do, what I, what I want to see for you is I want you to pick up the Bible, and I want you, there's something in the Bible that interests you, right? You wouldn't be here if there wasn't something that delights you from the Bible, so whatever you have previously been delighted in in the Bible, I want you to lean into that. Pick up your Bible. You can come up with a plan for it. That, that's okay. I, oftentimes what I do is I decide I'm going to read through maybe one book for the entire year and just read it over and over again, or maybe a couple books, or maybe just the Gospels, or one book from the Gospel. So find something that you delight in in the Bible that you've always found, oh, that's really, I, you go back to that time and time again, right? That's okay. And just lean into those, those parts and read them. Read them as much as you can, as much as you can uh, delight in it, and just stay there. Because what I have found is when you do that, when you start to really lean into those parts of the Bible that speak to you, that you delight in, it will start to build your muscles with being in God's Word. And when you do that, it actually leads you to other parts of the Bible. It inspires you. It drives you to want to go deeper and to start to look at those other parts of the Bible where you've not had the strength to actually get through because maybe they're a little bit more difficult, you don't understand it, or the translation you've used has kind of led you astray on some of those things. So start where God has delighted you in the Bible and go from there and see what that takes you, right? Um, because again, the goal of reading the Bible is not to get through it. You understand that? The goal of reading the Bible and being in God's story and in his word is not to get through it. But, but the goal is to get the Bible through you. So I'm going to say it again. The goal is not to get through the Bible. The goal is to get the Bible through you, God's word through you. Okay? And, I, uh, and there's a quote, and I'm going to read it to you. That's from one of my favorite authors, Dallas Willard, and he helped kind of uh, change my mind on some of these things. He says this. He says, you may have been told that it is good to read the Bible through every year and that you can ensure that this will happen by reading so many verses per day from Old and New Testaments. And if you do this, you may enjoy the reputation of one who reads from the Bible, through the Bible each year. You may congratulate yourself on it. But, you will become, but will you become more like Christ and more filled with the life of God? It is a proven fact that many who read the Bible in this way, as if they were taking medicine or exercising on a schedule, do not advance spiritually. It is better in one year for you to have ten good verses translated into the substance of our lives than to have every word of the Bible flash before our eyes. 
I'm going to say that again. It is better in one year to have 10 good verses transferred into the substance of our lives than to have every word of the Bible flash before our eyes. Remember that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. We read to open ourselves to the Spirit of God. So again, I will say the goal is not to become the type of person, uh, not to be the person who just reads through the Bible every year. The goal is to become the type of person who naturally reads the Bible and chews on it days and night regularly without thinking about it because you enjoy it, because you want to be there. You want to sit, not in the seat of mockers, but in the rest of God's word, right? So, again, I encourage you, find something that interests you in the Bible, read it, lean into it. You can have a plan for it, but it doesn't have to be a chore, right? Because you already like you you wanted to read it right and just uh lean, just use that as your jumping off point right because listen uh if you haven't read the bible since the beginning of last year it's going to be very difficult for you just to jump in and sprint right if do you guys know runners anyone anyone know any marathon runners right i i don't run unless somebody's chasing me so i don't i think brian runs and uh, but I, I don't run. I even when I play basketball, I just walk up the court. I just, I'm I'm defense in case somebody's cherry picking. Right. Because I'm not running. Uh, but there would be no way if I even if all of a sudden I got the desire to run a marathon tomorrow, there would be no way for me to just go do it. You can't just run a marathon. Right. There's lots of preparation. You have to want it, I think, <laughs> because who want? I mean, <laughs> Who's just going to run 26.2 miles, right? Yeah, you have to want it. Uh, but even if you want it, right, you can't just go run 26.2 miles. You'll, you'll fail. And, and it's not, you know, we're not advising you because we don't like you not to do it, but it's just because you won't be successful if you just want to pick up and run 26.2 miles. You have to prepare. You have to want it. You have to do the little things, right, every day for long periods of time before you can read or for you can run 26.2 miles. And, and Bible reading and practicing reading in general is the same way. You can't just read, uh, you know, an entire treatise, 1,200 book, you know, pages of, of the Bible from, from beginning to end if you have no practice or training with doing that because it's just difficult. Not that it's not good and not that there's not great stuff to learn from it. It's just the practice itself is going to be impossible for you because you're just, you haven't been practicing it. You haven't been doing it regularly. So that's why I advise against year-long reading plans. Um, and um, so with that said, uh, there's lots of different questions that arise when you, when you start talking about reading, reading the Bible. And so often I'll hire, okay, that's fine, Paul. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick one book of the Bible I'm going to read through James, or I'm going to read through Colossians, and I'm just going to focus that on, on that for a couple months and see if that gets me. But what translation should I use? All right? That's very controversial. And I'm going to tell you something very controversial right now, is you should read whatever translation. The best translation that you will read is the one, the best translation for you is the one that you will read. There. Sorry. I had, I'll say it again. The best translation is the one that you will read. So don't worry about any of the critics or any of the naysayers about whatever translation. If you like a translation, lean into it and use it. Because uh, I will tell you there are 
minimal differences. There are some important differences among translations, but you can get into that later. Right now, what you are doing is just cultivating a practice of getting in God's word, right? And then, and then the, the most important thing when you develop a Bible reading plan for yourself or however you're going to spend time in God's word is understanding uh, your approach, right? Because, um, you know, I will tell you, what you bring to the Bible is what you will find in the Bible, right? If you're very staunch about what's already in there, that's all you're going to be able to find. So my, my biggest advice to you is when you start getting into God's word, and, because you want to develop this practice of delighting in it and practicing reading it, be humble. Be willing to let the word tell you what it's going to tell you. Don't come to the Bible looking for the things you already know are in there. Does that make sense? Because if you come to the Bible with the things you already know are in there, that's all you will find there. But if you come to the Bible with a humble approach, willing to let God use it to shape you, you will start to see things you've never seen before. God will start to speak to you in ways he's never spoke to you before. So it's very important. One, use the translation that you enjoy. That's the best translation for you. And then two, be humble when you approach your Bible reading. And, and if, even if the task of reading one Bible is too, too much, you can also take another approach where you just find, like Dallas said in his quote, find one verse or a couple verses or even one passage of verses and just focus on those and read those over and over again. Write them down. I, have a, I didn't bring it today. I forgot to, I was in my rush because I'm always late. Uh, I forgot to grab my little notebook. I have a little moleskin notebook that I write lots of scriptures in, and I just keep it around in my pocket. And when I'm like in a grocery store line or uh, when I find the will not to pick up my phone, I pick that up instead, and I go back to some of these verses that I've been reading and focusing on. And that's a good way for you to uh, always keep them before you, right? To have them on hand in a way that's away from your phone so you're not distracted, right? And then you can kind of just read over them and you can start to chew on them all the time, right? When you're in different situations, when you're, you're sitting in as a passenger, not while you're driving, as a passenger in a, your, your Uber or wherever it may be, uh, you can pull up in your little notes of scriptures, right? And uh, just kind of read them and, and meditate on them and think about them, right? And, and Dallas, in his quote, he goes on to say this, says, So how then shall we set the Lord always before us? Bible memorization is absolutely fundamental to spiritual formation. If I had to, and of course I don't have to, choose between all the practices of the spiritual life and take only one, I would choose Bible memorization. I would not be a pastor of a church that did not have a program of Bible memorization because Bible memorization is a fundamental way of filling our minds with what they need. The book of the law the book of instruction shall not depart out of your mouth, Joshua 1.8. That's where we need it, in our mouth. Now, how did it get in your mouth? Memorization. I often point out to people how much trouble they would have stayed out of if they had been muttering scripture. Our politicians would, have been, would do much better with that, muttering scripture. You meditate on it day and nights. What does that mean? Keep it, therefore God, before your mind 
at all times. Cannot anyone really imagine that they have anything better to keep before their mind? And the answer is no. Right? So, I hope this is an encouragement to you. I hope I've released you from the idea that you've got to read through the Bible this year. But I hope that you are encouraged to read the Bible this year, right? To chew on it, to find something to keep ever before your mind, to chew on it day and night. And if you don't have a set of scriptures that will help you, if you don't have a Bible, we'll get you one. Just talk to Jason or me or, some, or any one of us. We'll, we'll find a Bible for you. If we don't have some laying around, we'll order you one if, if, that's, if that's a need for you. And if you don't have verses that are encouraging you, we'll give you some, right? I'm sure you all do, so, but if you don't, please talk to one of us, right? Um, a verse memorized that you can draw on daily will absolutely change your life. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Just try it. Even if you can't do it, commit for the whole year, just try it for the month of January. Find a verse or a passage or a book of the Bible that you want to lean into and read it as many times as you can muster Read it in different translations if you don't already have a translation that you like so you can kind of see which ones uh, that you might like and just go back to it again and again and again. And I tell you, I guarantee you, you will find so much growth and so much transformation and just that small practices of just going back to those few verses or few passage or just that one uh, small part of scripture. And, and eventually, it will build your, your, your love of God's word so that you will one day be reading so much of scripture that you won't even need a Bible plan to read through it in a year. You'll just naturally do it, right? And I'm going to invite the... I, I don't have a lot more for you. I'm going to invite the band back, back up. Um, but I want, I want to uh, just read over this passage again as we, as we uh, set it apart from the day, right? And, uh, and just pray over your wanters, right? So that your wanters would change, that you would want to be in God's word and that you would want to delight in it and that you would want to chew on it day and night. And I'm gonna read it again from, from the message, but you can just, if, if it helps you, you can close your eyes as, as I read it to you and meditate on it. It says, how well God must like you. You don't walk in the ruts of those blind as bats. You don't stand with the good for nothings. You don't take your seat among the know-it-alls. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on God's word day and night. You're like a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month. Never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. You're not like the wicked who are more a wind-blown dust without defense and core, unfit company for innocent people. God charts the road you take, but the road they take leads nowhere. You chew on Scripture day and night. You are a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruits always in blossom. God, may we always be in blossom. May we always be chewing on your word. May you give us a word to chew on, to delight in day and night as we move into this year, as we move into the rest of this week. Give us the word that you want us to chew on and let us delight in it 
every morning and every evening. Give us new ways of hearing and delighting in your word. Let this be not another time to do what we've always done, but let this be a time to be replanted in Eden, blossoming with fruit. And we chew on your word this year. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.